Welcome to Align Your Practice, an exploration of the seamless relationship between the business of chiropractic and the future of natural health care. Join us as we engage with an array of talent, from seasoned experts to passionate new entrepreneurs. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joe Esposito. Hello and welcome to the Align Your Practice podcast. This is Dr. Joe Esposito. I'm uh, pleased to have a special guest, uh, Baron Hoig. Uh, from One Chiropractic. So, Baron, how are you? Doing awesome, Doc. Thank you so much for uh, having me on the show. Excited to have this conversation. Yeah, so I thought we'd start with the state of the union, state of this profession, where are we at. I don't know of anyone in the profession that has more insight, more sensitivity, more conversations with chiropractors around the world than you do. So why don't you give us a high level as to, uh, you know, the journey of a hundred years and the adversity that you're seeing on the legal front and some of the promising moves of uh, bringing this profession together. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's a lot, but I will. <laughs> yeah. I'll just say, I'll do my best to sum that up in a nice quick little podcast, but uh, well, listen, um, you know, it, it's, I will tell you that things are looking very bright. Um, I know there's a lot of doom and gloom in our world, but I will tell you, I have such hope, especially going into the new year. We're obviously recording this at the end of 2023, going into 2024. Um, and I'm very optimistic in this. Um, I, you are right. I, I don't know of anyone else that's having the level of conversations that we're having um, around the world, talking to organizations, individual chiropractors, taking on the major issues that, that our profession faces everything from x-ray issues in, in um, Canada to pediatric issues in Australia to x-ray issues in Norway um, to massive regulatory overreach in New Zealand. There's just so much going on really in, in a number of components that um, it's been an interesting ride, you know, but I'll tell you that the biggest thing, just to sum it up and then we can get into particulars, yeah. but the thing that is the most that I'm the most optimistic right now, I've been in the industry I'll, going into my 28th year in chiropractic um, as a non chiropractor, just being the biggest groupie I think the profession's ever seen. Um, I, I am more encouraged by the desire to collaborate in our profession now than I've ever seen in my 28 years. Um, we are, it took us a while to get here. Um, when we started our organization, we were the redheaded stepchild and everyone was like throwing daggers at us thinking that we were trying to create another national association or somehow compete with the infrastructure that already existed. And that wasn't our goal at all. So now over, we started One Chiropractic in 2016. So now we're entering into 2024 and people understand who we are. They understand what we're trying to do and they're embracing it. And so the, the, our ability to work with other organizations is at uh, the highest level it's ever been, which is really fulfilling the dream of mine and a number of other individuals when we, when we really had this envision of one chiropractic, right? That was the, why we had the name was we believe there has to be a day where our profession learns to work with itself, which historically, you know, has not happened very well at all, um, but we have pockets of it. The work we're doing in Australia is... I just wish that people could see how effective things can be when everyone's working together. We actually just last week had a massive win where the uh, chiropractic board removed a policy restricting chiropractors to adjust children to and under. 
Um, we, you know, but we worked in conjunction with their national association. We worked in conjunction with their pediatric groups. We worked in conjunction with the technique groups and all of us worked together doing our strengths. We were the guys threatening that we're going to sue and we're going to hold them accountable. The, the association did the, the diplomacy and having the conversations, the technique and the pediatric groups did their part by sending the message out. And together within a two and a half month period of time, we were able to remove a six year policy. Right. So it's it's like that's the beauty of what one chiropractic is trying to bring to the profession is this collaboration. It's not that we can do it on our own and nor can any of these other organizations. The work that needs to be done can only be done when we're all working together. So it's I will tell you the state of the profession, if this continues, we are going to be stronger than ever. And our vision of making chiropractic the number one healthcare choice in the world will happen in my lifetime. So what do you think is happening? Because when we look at the profession as a whole, we see the, the utilization of chiropractic is becoming more, uh, first 20 years ago, in, in acceptance. We all know from the major uh, sports pros to the musicians to the corporations that are bringing chiro, we're seeing more of a, an acceptance of the profession. We're seeing value on the finance market, whether it's Wall Street or the private equity market, the value of chiropractic shooting up. Now we see less fighting amongst each other in a way that we're actually helping each other. So do you yeah. think it's just the right of all these things, the public, the finance, the value of Cairo on the finance market, and then our maturity as a profession that it's just taken the edge off? I, I don't know what's happening, but I think it's a perfect storm right now. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I was just going to say is it's a perfect storm. But if we look at history, right, if we look at history, which I'm a huge history buff, especially in the realm of chiropractic, we had the worst time that our profession really ever had was in the seven or the eight, late 80s, early 90s when we self-imploded, right? We, we had a number of wins. We had the AMA issue with suing the AMA and proving that they were trying to eradicate the profession of chiropractic, right? We, had, we got into Medicare and we had some of these wins in the 80s and then all the sad, sudden managed care hit, right? And it hit hard. But if you look back when that uh, AMA issue was, you had a generation of MDs that literally in their education were told chiropractors were quacks. And if they referred to them, they were going to lose their license. It was an ethics issue, right? So they were right, wrong, or indifferent. It's no different than slavery. It's no different than the bias that in any country that you may have where generations are taught by their ancestors a certain way to think and believe, whether it's religion or whatever. And so this this group of individuals back then in the 50s and 60s were indoctrinated to believe chiropractors were dangerous. They weren't real doctors. So time does mend every wound if you have enough time, right? If we we can stay alive long enough, eventually things will, will happen. So part of this perfect storm that we have is you have a generation of people that were indoctrinated to believe that chiropractors were horrible. They're dying, retiring, and leaving. Replacing them are the generation in the Mercedes 80s, where we were treating everybody all the time. Our clinics were overflowing with people because insurance started covering us. 
And our, our profession was very affluent. We were very happy. We were giving away practices. It was a wonderful time for chiropractic in the 80s. So now you have that generation of recipients, children that were going to see chiropractors all the time. Parents were very open to it. They're now becoming the CEOs and the heads of hospitals and all of that. So they may not be a supporter of Cairo, but they're not indoctrinated to think badly about it. So they're open to the conversation. So we have that perfect analogy right now. Then you add another element to that perfect storm, and that's that allopathic medicine is doing, and they took a, a play out of our playbook and they're self-sabotaging themselves. You have the opioid <laughs> epidemic, right? Then you have COVID, right? And all of these have shown the economic interest that there is in the allopathic world, which has now gone to the general public to say, wait a minute, everything we've been told for all these years may not be true. Those crazy chiropractors you know, they might have something to their anti-vaccine. They might have something to their anti-meds. And so that's another element of the perfect storm. And then the third part, from my perspective, is within our profession, we have, again, the, the generations that are changing, the old guard that had a chip on their shoulder that is just used to fighting because they were the ones being kicked out of clubs because they were chiropractors, or they grew up with their parents being segregated because of their, their specialty. Those guys wanted to fight. So our profession only knew how to fight. It's the only way it knew how to survive. They're leaving leadership and they're getting replaced with the Mercedes 80s kids that grew up with the heyday of chiropractic. And so they're coming in and they're they're wanting to have that back. They're wanting to have that celebratory, that camaraderie, all of that stuff. So it really is this perfect storm of a number of things hitting all at once. That's really what our organization is trying to capitalize on. We're trying to say bygones be bygones. The way you guys used to do it of circling the wagons and shooting inward. We don't want any part of that. What we want is we want to collaborate and we want to seize the opportunities that exist right now. And that's why I think you're seeing the economic side within the stock market and the venture capitalist world. They're starting to say, wait a minute, allopathic medicine self-imploding. You have this group of chiropractors that the data, and that's another element which I know is very close to your heart. We have published more proactive chiropractic research in the last 10 years that is now coming to light that is showing the efficacy, safety, and effectiveness of chiropractic. So you put all that stuff in a bag and you shake it up and you got a chiro cake, man. And and I think it's, and people are wanting a piece of that cake. So I think it's all of that stuff combined. It's interesting. I didn't think about the medical sabotaging their own journey at the same time. And it, it is happening at the exact same time. So that pendulum is swinging to, we have it in our lap. Now, are we going to yeah. finish the job and take us to the number one healthcare profession in the world? Yeah. So let's go over what we're doing now. So the work you've done in one chiropractic, everyone knows you from the CDC. All of us are contributing pennies per month to contribute to this, this uh, protection. Um, so that's the CDC. If you're not part of the CDC, um, it's, a, it's a minor investment of like $33 a month that helps contribute to. And I want to be real clear here. If people are listening to this, I, I remember you talking when people are in the crisis, everyone's contributing. And then they have this mindset, if there's no crisis, that we don't need the support. And that is like, the scariest mindset yeah. for us as a profession. Yeah. We got to be really, yeah. really careful. So if you're listening to this, take a moment and just grasp being proactive and being contribute our small amount of dollars in this time of, in a sense,
is a time, and, and Baron, you explained it real well to me, it's time that we can maybe put some money into refining legislature, maybe having more meaningful conversations with some of the politics to refine the wording and the language around how the profession is promoted. And that's probably a better spend of our dollars than just going into crisis litigations and, yeah. and saving the doctors. Let's reposition things. So I really want that to be the voice from my Can I comment on that real quick before yeah. you move on? Because because you make such a great point. And I, and I just want to put this into context. And, and we parallel very well with the military, right? We, we, we say that we're the defense council. We kind of have a military logo, but it, it parallels so perfectly. When we're not at war, that's when we're building up the infrastructure to prepare us for the next battle. If we only have the resources during the time of battle, we're always going to be lagging in our ability to defend and prevent things from happening. A perfect example is in Canada right now, in British Columbia, they passed a bill 36 in British Columbia that is an atrocious policy. It, it amalgamates the board, so it gets rid of the Cairo board, and it puts it in with uh, what they call contemporary healthcare, uh, or complementary healthcare, excuse me. So it's in with acupuncture and massage and all of that, and they just put it over in this area. And there's language in there like, you're guilty until proven innocent. So if there's a complaint filed against you, you're suspended until the investigation's over. Like wow. it's scary stuff like they, and there's just so many other things like if you're not vaccinated and the government says that you need all these vaccinations that you can be deregistered on this on the spot like it's very bad language. And so it's starting in British Columbia. And what I'm trying to get the Canadians to understand is they're trying to see if they can get away with it there. If they can, it's going to sweep over the rest of Canada. And if you don't think that garbage is going to come south of the border into the United States, you're crazy because they're going to see that it's stuck in Canada. There's going to be an infrastructure to show that, hey, they're doing it up there. Maybe we should try it here. And we've got to stop that stuff. So even though you know we're not in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, Right now is the most important time that we need to grow because it allows us to build the infrastructure to prevent that type of stuff from spreading. And so, you know, we, we it's the same reason the military still operates overseas in countries that there hasn't been a war in forever. It's because they want to maintain that infrastructure and prevent those types of things from happening. But our profession has always been very reactionary because we're not very organized. What we're trying to do is get people to understand what it looks like to organize and have that special forces military that's there so that the minute anything even tries to happen, we're shutting it down. And I, we're capable of that. We've proven we can do that. We did that with the, the COVID vaccines. But when everyone leaves me when they're not afraid of losing their license, and then it, it really depletes my ability to build my team and really be ready for the next battle because it is coming. I mean, we, we've got a history of different attacks that have come against chiropractic, and we, we literally now have the vehicle. We just got to make sure we have enough gas to keep it moving. Yeah, I remember having a conversation when the first uh, issue happened with pediatrics in Australia, and I was talking with some of my friends, uh, I think it was uh, Stephen France and Stu Bernson, uh, I think Jason Deitch, some others, and it was like, what can we do now? And it was in the midst of the battle, and I remember Stephen yeah. saying, you can't do anything now. You had to be doing it for five months and have the money and the planning, and, the, and it was like, well, let's all do something now. <laughs> it was like, yeah, there was no infrastructure. There's no way there was no law firm. It was already going into, it was signing the bill the next day. And we're like, let's do something. So yeah. I'll never forget that conversation.
warriors after the battle was over. Uh, and and that's I tried. Right. That's right. That's just the lesson I learned is that we can't wait for the battle to be over to pick up the, uh, you know, the, the fight the war. So, um, so that's my lesson learned. Um, so now, you know, I'm excited uh, talking a little about the organization. As, as some of you know, that list my podcast, that health missions um, that we used to have as a lone entity is now under the uh, auspices of the uh, One Chiropractic as another nonprofit inside of the mothership of the strongest, most powerful nonprofit in the field of chiropractic. So we're excited about our first mission trip in uh, since COVID uh, to uh, Columbia in May. We have a lot of influential chiropractors coming on to that. We have another trip uh, in Columbia. If you haven't been to any of these, please reach out and, uh, and let us know. We'd love to get you on a trip. And the purpose of these mission trips, a little different, is to bring influential chiropractors, have more meaningful conversations in a cultural setting in another country of like, how can we not help the, the world, but also help this country better utilize chiropractic? What's the legislation? What can we do to contribute? Uh, not only that, but one chiropractic and the mission of us all sitting together, whether it's on a river, in the jungle, in the woods, serving chiropractic and having those conversations about this wonderful profession. So uh, please join us on one of those trips in the future. I wanted to give a shameless plug uh, about- No, I, but I, I want people to understand the big bigness of this because you said it perfectly, but I, I don't want people to miss this. There are, there are groups that do mission trips. Mission trips for the purpose of a mission trip is amazing. But 90% of the time, the mission trips for the individual chiropractor to go and adjust 100 and some people and, and you know in a day. And you do that for three days and you come back. And yes, you've made an impact in that community. I wouldn't take away from that. But the whole purpose of it is that physical act of the manipulation and the missions trip. And then you go and then another group goes and you just recycle that. And I, and I know there's there's great people like Peter Morgan that, you know, they've created clinics and, and they do great stuff. I, nothing. I think that that's phenomenal. But that's not what your vision was. And this is why I was so excited to bring it under our umbrella, because there, there's this there's this idea that chiropractic has to spread. The problem is, historically, when chiropractic has spread to other parts of the world, it's been a whatever it takes to get it done mentality, which is really ultimately hurt us because what we do is we get in and if that particular country wants it underneath the medical environment, we say, okay. And the next thing you know, there's no chiropractic left after five years because it hasn't been set up the right way. It hasn't, the infrastructure wasn't created the right way. So the beauty of your vision of your mission trips was not just the physical act of going and treating individuals in that particular country that we go to, but it's building relationships with the most influential people in that country, using the mission trip to show them the power of what chiropractic can do for that civilization. And then with the resources we have with the CDC and the other arms of One Cairo, to be able to go in and build that infrastructure for them, to create colleges and partner with the other schools that already exist and say, listen, we need to put a school in here because we have a government that's willing to make chiropractic a primary part of their delivery system. So now let's build this self-sustaining and evolving environment and do it the right way to make sure that chiropractic grows, right? So it's bigger. The mission trip is the secret door to get in, yeah. to have the conversations. 
Yeah, it's interesting. We have a trip uh, where we've, we framed out, uh, it had to be rescheduled in Ecuador, but the Ecuadorian Chiropractic Association wants, to, they're so excited to go to dinner. So we have about eight chiropractors going to be meeting us and the people we're bringing are, you know, uh, very influential in the profession. So it's not uh, only for young doctors. We may bring, yep. uh, there is opportunity for a couple of students that if you're recommended and you're under a mentorship, but it's not a student, uh, it's right. not a student event. Uh, you'll be under the wing of some leaders if you are chosen, but there's only a handful of those that can come on a trip of students. But it's really about what Baron's saying about uh, being influential, meeting the cu current legislation if we can, meeting local Kairos, just positioning the ability for us to experience uh, showcase chiropractic to every country in the world is our is our goal so yeah in um, our in our ultimate goal is we want to keep going to areas where chiropractic doesn't really have any infrastructure at all because if we can get a bunch of these small countries and we can build the right model and a hundred of these small countries that's as strong as europe right yeah. if we can say we have a hundred countries where this is working well and we have data showing the health outcomes of a hundred small countries because chiropractic is more appropriately integrated into the healthcare delivery system that's what helps us beat the big issues that we're seeing in europe for chiropractic right now and but if we just try to go and fix the issues in europe we're going to be hitting our head on the wall so our choice was let's go and build a bunch of models that work and and build those relationships have the data so that when we're fighting with groups like europe we have more data to be able to do it. And so that's why I was so blown away with your vision because uh, there's so much more to this, right? We're gonna collect the data, we're, anything that's built, they're gonna be using a centralized software so that we can take all of the data, we can do our own research study. Like it's going to be this massive organism that is self-perpetuating within itself to make sure that we can create a model of chiropractic that we can justify on any scale necessary to any government that's willing to look at it to show that chiropractic needs to be an integral part of their healthcare delivery system. God, every time I talk to you, I don't sleep that night. I, I was, I wanted to have a good night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, so no, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm making the commitment in a lifetime. You and I, our contribution to the profession, we will make it the number one healthcare system in the world. And Absolutely. Our way there with all the agendas and, and really we got to, give gratitude and praise to our brothers and sisters in Cairo that have stepped up to the plate and supported some of the dreams and missions. We're only a vehicle or a Absolutely. light or an energy source that won't shut up and won't stop, but it's really the unity and the, and the giving and supporting. And I can't imagine the stories you have in New Zealand, Australia, Canada, of some of these doctors yeah. who are true soldiers for this profession that are and being a backbone that you need to make this stuff happen. So I can't imagine. Uh, the experience that you had, which are probably amazing. Um, but yeah, it, it really is. It's, it's, uh, or go ahead. No, no, no. Finish your, finish your thought. Yeah. I was just going to say that I do want people to understand that I know that, you know, guys like you and I, we're the face of, of some of these things. We're the mouthpieces of it, but there's none of this happens with any singular individual that the most successful uh, organizations or companies in the world are because of the team that are built to help push that agenda forward, right? And the ones that do it right are the ones that have the right people in the right places. But the, the team that we've built in these different countries and these champion chiropractors that are full-time chiropractors every day that are willing 
to be our sources of information and to stand up and be the ones that are the plaintiffs in the cases that are willing to put their future on, you know, I mean, in Australia and New Zealand, I mean, they were going to show up and throw these people in jail. I mean, it was literally like it was here in the U.S., you know, 50 some years ago. And these people, hundreds, thousands of chiropractors that said, no, I am going to show up. I'm going to continue to serve my patients because I'm, you're not going to shut me down. And, and our legal team defended them. And it was just an amazing, amazing source. So that's why I'm so optimistic, even in the midst of all the junk that I have to deal with every single day of where our profession's under attack. The resiliency of the chiropractic profession, not just us, but our patients as well. That's, that's one part we've never capitalized on either is how to really mobilize our patients. But they're warriors as well, fighting on our behalf. So it gives me a lot of energy and gives me a lot of hope moving forward that if we continue to organize, just like we did in Australia, if we can do that everywhere. Our, we're unstoppable because we're, what we have to deliver is truth. What we have is better for everybody. And therefore, it's very hard to shut us down if we stay organized. Now, if we stay segmented, which is what we have for the last 127 years, then then they're, we're going to continue to have more of the same. But if we can organize like we're starting to do, it's a whole new ball game, guys. I mean, I'm telling you, we have all the money in the world. We have all the data in the world. We have all the knowledge. We literally are unstoppable if we can organize. But that then that's why we're continuing to push forward. And that's why our goal is 10,000 you know, individuals worldwide contributing, that gives us enough money to do everything we need to do. Um, and, and, and that's not a lot in the big scheme of things, but because we're so efficient, and we're so good at what we're doing and the battles that we take on, um, I will never have to ask anyone for money again, which would be a glorious day because I can't stand that part of this job is fundraising. So, but uh, yeah, that's why our mission is 10,000 people, man. I love it. So if you're not part of the 10,000, please join Go to One Chiropractic if you want more information about Align Life and our movement and our belief in One Chiropractic on the mission trips and just giving and serving inside of this great profession. Reach out to support at alignlife.com. We'd be glad to answer questions or guide you on your journey in chiropractic. So I want to end with some gratitude for you, your team, what you're providing, our our wonderful profession, uh, the uh, One Chiropractic Board, our fellow board members and just uh, all the doctors out there that are uh, contributing to uh, this mission. So thanks so much for getting on and uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And God bless all of you watching. Thank you for what you do because we don't have a reason to do what we do if you don't exist. So keep loving and serving and never forget the truth and the power of the story of chiropractic. This episode was brought to you by Align Life Chiropractic and Natural Health Centers. If you're interested in creating your dream practice or want to know more about Align Life, go to alignlifepodcast.com.